Welcome to Corner of the Galaxy, the show that talks 100% L.A. Galaxy soccer. We're glad you could join us. Now it's time to sit back and relax as your hosts navigate through the twisting, turning, but never boring world of the five-time MLS Cup champion, L.A. Galaxy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy on cornerofthegalaxy.com. I'm your host, Josh Gessman, coming to you on a Thursday. That's right, a Thursday, November 3rd. Welcome to November just in case you were wondering, 114 days until the LA Galaxy kickoff against LAFC at the Rose Bowl. Not that anybody's counting. Not that not that everybody's looking forward to 2023. Not that we're not looking forward to Apple TV taking over. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. I am. I'm, I'm all for that. Uh, I'm buying in. Apple fanboy. Taylor Swift fanboy. Very much in those two realms. Uh, we're going to talk about the LA Galaxy tonight. Going to get you updated a little bit on some LA Galaxy Team Awards. Talk about all those, including uh, First Team, LA Galaxy 2 Academy. Uh, we're going to talk about Rose Bowl tickets a little bit here as well. We have MLS Best 11, which doesn't include any LA Galaxy players. There's a big surprise. Kevin Baxter wrote an article. We're going to talk about that because there's not going to be a show on Monday. Oh, spoiler alert. You didn't even know that. Yet. No show on Monday. So we got a lot to get to. I'm sure we'll sprinkle in some other things as we get going to help me do all that. We're glad to have him back with uh, new facial hair. It's Eric, the Portuguese hammer beer. Eric, how's it going, buddy? It's going all right. It's good to be back. Again, the, the tracker is back. 114 days. Yeah, that's it. You know, hope, hope springs eternal. You know, all the excitement, exciting moves that are happening. I was a little bit confused about the show. Is this a end of season? I thought this was like a postmortem. We're tying a bow on it. Sure. But you're talking about it like we're we're looking forward. We're looking ahead. Sure. I don't know. Yes. We're in the answers. Yes. We're in the in between right now. I don't I don't uh, know how else to like sort of put that. But that's that's where we're at. We are we are somewhere in between where it the postseason starts or the off season starts, and like still like going over the. The disappointment. I mean, we haven't even talked to you about the disappointment yeah. yet. LA Galaxy losing 3-2. Not that anybody needs reminded, uh, <laughs> but I like doing it anyway. So LA Galaxy yeah. losing 3-2 to uh, to LAFC. But by the way, I timed it. I think that was 14 days ago that that's when that happened. Exactly. 14 days. Yeah, 14 yeah. days. So it it's been two weeks. It, it feels like a month and a half, two months. It's been 14 days. I just there would like to point that out. feels ages ago. Yeah, and especially I think last time we talked, you were had a little guy just getting over you know, whatever bug is going around and my kids now have that. So it's traveled uh, halfway across the country. So, uh, you know, we got that to look forward to, but yeah, uh, just my kind of wrapping up my thoughts on, on that exit again. Uh, and I'm sure people uh, are tired of kind of hearing that, uh, horse beat to death, but I just haven't been able to share my thoughts. I was bummed to miss the pre-show leading up to it. I had my streak going and then unfortunately I was kind of out of town, uh, that week, but it, to me, you, you so, kind of covered so, it. So too. it was your fault. Is what you're yeah, saying. I'll take the blame for it. Yeah, okay. the, the 
the intro, dramatic intro wasn't 100%. So, you know, that's on me, 100% on me. Um, but to me, it felt like, and I think you covered it a little bit with Sophie when you guys were on, it was like a bizarro El Trafico. It was in previous meetings, LAFC was in better form. And the question was, you know, are the, are the wheels going to fall off of the Galaxy? And this time around, the Galaxy was flying high. Their midfield was humming. You know, they were coming off a shutout uh, against the MVP of the league. And so it just was like, it was, roles were reversed. <laughs> and so in previous meetings, Galaxy had to out physical LAFC and kind of bully them and didn't let them get in their rhythm and kind of punch them in the mouth. And then we actually saw the opposite this time. We saw, you know, the LA Galaxy with the bulk of possession, LAFC being the team that kind of was out for blood and, you know, playing physical, goading Ricky into the headbutt and kind of, you know, <laughs> doing all, all the all, roughing up Chicharito and all that fun stuff. So it was just kind of everything <laughs> with an El Trafico leading up to it, it basically flipped it on its head. Uh, you know, in previous games, there were late heroics from, you know, LA Galaxy players to score goals, and it was the opposite in injury time here. So, um, you know, it's just, it was just, it was disappointing because of the rivals. And I think um, I, I mentioned on Twitter that I was happy to see the fight that they gave. You know, I thought that they they didn't give up. They, you know, didn't roll over. They kept, you know, clawing and trying to find a way back in with Grand Sur, getting a crucial goal before the end of the half with Jovalich, you know, com- coming on and getting that goal, just a huge goal. Uh, so I was kind of proud of the performance, but I, there are people kind of, you know, rumblings when you see it. It's like, well, are you okay with them losing? And it's not that you're okay with them losing. I think it's important to provide perspective. And that's why I was asking, is this like the season recap show or is this the, the next head? Because I think that's the important perspective. Because when we look back uh, in early or I'm sorry, early August, late July, this team was dead. We were pronouncing them dead. They were going to miss the playoffs. We were questioning Vanny. The client out was in full form because we were, uh, you know, questioning roster configuration this team was absolutely dead in the water and then the additions of Puj and Brugman swung the fortunes around the team finally started to play like the team like what Vanny was describing even though we weren't seeing it right uh and so FO kind of the front office fixed the short term um so I'm looking at it from that perspective you know on you know August what what was that what one of those games that they lost I think I have it here in my notes August 6th that lost SKC, mm-hmm. we're saying this team is is done. And now to turn it around and have a 90 plus three goal in the Western Conference semifinals knock you out, that's not a bad turnaround. So I think from that perspective, that's, you know, if it was anybody else that they lost to, you could say, hey, you know, given where they were and the progress that they made and that late surge at the end of the season, you're proud of how they performed. And I am. I thought I thought the the way the players turned it on in that late stretch and the way they responded in a lot of these games and, you know, didn't let other teams kind of, uh, you know, dictate the game. They were dictating the game. I, I really liked what I saw from this last third of the season. But the stinger is it was against the rivals. And unfortunately, we're going to carry that mark that we can't beat them when it matters. Yes. And I think that's that's the thing that stings the most because we've had a lot of that leverage and that mental edge. And this is now two times you can begin to develop a pattern. And it's like, ah, oh, that that's the part that stings and makes you upset. So. I understand people being upset and not being quote unquote okay with a loss. But I think when you zoom out and look big picture, I think you have to be happy with the direction this LA galaxy team was going and going into the off season moves, how much of this stays together and you keep this momentum going and how much of it are you rebuilding and rehashing and trying to fill gaps? Are you filling gaps to make yourself better? Or are you going to lose pieces right. that were an integral part of it that now you need to replace and find a whole new chemistry, you know, a whole, a whole year from now. So uh, bummed how it rolled out, you know, bummed it was against the rivals, but as a whole, you know, making, getting a home playoff game, yeah, winning a home playoff game, mm-hmm. 
and then you know taking you know a shield winner until the 90 minutes plus three that's that's not bad the the xg i know we like to talk about xg wasn't great for the galaxy but i thought they played better than what that showed i think the way they were possessing they didn't get that final that push in the in the final third in those zones that's kind of the hot the hot thing right now zone 14 or, or right. whatever yeah, it is zone 14 uh, <laughs> so they didn't get the the movement there but i thought that they they dictated the game and they or not dictated the game but they had a lot of possession they had a lot of control they weren't it's, it's deceiving that 0.4 xg i thought you know we, we see that in games where it looks like they maybe they should have done better, especially when you look at what Austin did. Austin ro- rolled into town and basically played dead for 90 minutes. That was one of the most embarrassing playoff performances I think I've ever seen in, in MLS. That, that was that was Al- really embarrassing. Almost as bad as MLS Cup where uh, Colorado and Dallas went to extra time. Oh, that was an ugly one. On that was a really goal. ugly one. Yeah. Yeah, that was in Toronto, too. Remember, Colorado and Tor- and Dallas played in Toronto. Um, when it was really cold, uh, I went to a bar and watched that game. I, you know, it was a good choice to keep drinking. I think that was, that was really (laughs) how that one goes. Uh, extra time, by the way, extra time, uh, own goal winner in that particular game. Everybody likes to point to the Toronto FC, Seattle Sounders, zero shots on goal. Greg Vanny certainly does. He never forgets. Um, but, but as being a horrible MLS cup, no, that everybody knows Colorado and Dallas was the worst MLS cup that has ever been played. I'm going to see how deep of a cut we can get. I want to say that the guy who scored against the Galaxy was the guy who had the own goal in the final. Could have been. The one who eliminated that. That sounds right. You know, I don't know if anyone remembers. No, I don't remember at all. That well. I but I no remember idea. being happy that it was that guy that got the own goal because okay. he's the one who knocked. So that feels right. The vibes feel right. I, I mean, again, I, I think going back to some of your points, Western Conference finished fourth. And, and maybe they had no business finishing fourth, except that uh, if you remember, we had one Mr. Sasha Kleshin on this program and he did a long extended interview and I said something to the fact that you guys didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, and he said and I said, and you guys got cheated out of the playoffs because of a handball. And I never forget that. And he goes, you know, I always felt that where you finish is what you deserve. And perhaps Mr. Kleshin has had a little bit of influence on me to be like, you know, bottom line is he's right, is where you finish is what you deserve. Well, the LA Galaxy finished fourth. And yes, it was on tiebreakers. Yes, it could have one point either way. Could have been, it, But it doesn't or, matter because yeah. nobody else got that point. Nobody else had that tiebreaker. Nobody else was in the position to capture fourth the way that they were, except for the LA Galaxy. And um, for somebody who had been beating their chest that the Galaxy should be a top three team in the Western Conference, and I didn't think Austin would be up there, um, finishing fourth is real close to to being pretty good to where I thought it was. Now, a lot of I don't think you should trust me because I said that before, you know, Pooj and, and Bergman were there, and that's what made the difference. But at the same time, fourth means something. Uh, the home playoff game meant something. Uh, if you know, there's a lot of positive energy that's going that way. Yes. Rico's pizza is George John, a pox on George John. Oh yes. Forever. George yes. John. Oh man. <laughs> that guy was a galaxy killer. Yeah. That was another, one that was like Connor guys. Casey with, with Colorado. Yeah. And just every time he would play, it was like, come, please don't just stay away from that man. Uh, good times. Uh, but, yeah. but to your point, kind of yeah. how it was, it was a different team, uh, you know, with you predicting top three, that's the thing that makes me nervous is. How, how well this team played in the final third. We don't know how much of this team is going to start the 2023 season. And so it's like you can't bank on, hey, we made a lot of good progress. Right. And that'll continue. Pick right up where you left off. One, there's the months in between where, you know, you're going to lose whatever chemistry you've built up. And right. then 
the roster moves are going to have an impact. So that's that's the part that makes me. We're going to start seeing some of that too. November seventh, you start. I believe is roster deadline day, and then the fourteenth, the next week, everything sort of kicks off. There's some a twenty four hour trade window that's in there as well. So there's these little things that you can sort of look forward to that are going to start to shape that. We also have an article from from the Panda that's going to give us some insights into that. He was able to talk to Chris Klein and Greg Vanny, and I think that gives you some real insight. And I will even make some proclamations on some different things and perhaps add a little more shining light to to what is happening. But the bottom line is that and this got a lot of people really upset is the core of the LA galaxy is pretty much fairly well settled for next year. Um, and that's good and bad. Um, yes. and we can talk <laughs> and, and there's going to be a difference where we can sort of talk about it, but let's start here a little bit, just, just with a, just, just to make sure everybody knows sort of where we're going opening day, right? That first kick, uh, February 25th of 2023 is only 114 days away. That's I, I, I want to say that just so that way everybody understands how close everything is going to happen and how quickly everything is going to happen. I mean, you know, there's going to be a time in the very near future where, you know, we're going to have a preseason camp. Uh, again, and it's going to happen quickly, right? And right after the World Cup, things are really going to pick up. I mean, there is an MLS expansion draft before 2023, right? right. I mean, there's MLS expansion happening. And there's because St. Louis is coming in. Fast and furious, yeah. Don Garber was talking in the state of the league today about how I think St. Louis had 60,000 season ticket requests, right? That come on. I mean, well, there ones that has kind of surprised me. I guess their their stadium is having issues as well, right? There was, again, that may be temporary, but yeah. But but the thing, um, why I bring this up is Charlotte was a team when they came into the league. I thought, oh, this this team's going to struggle, you know. I don't know if there's a big fan base, a big need for soccer and or a want for soccer in Charlotte. And they they packed that house pretty well and they supported that team. They seemed to get into it. So if St. Louis kind of follows that Charlotte model, maybe it's not going to be St. You Lu- know, St. Louis is a know, soccer city. I know it, yeah. it, it has a history of being a soccer city, so it's not going to be a problem. Don Garber actually made the argument today and said something of where it's, he said there's not a city in the United States, and I'm sure this is hyperbole, but at the same time, take it for what it is, because you couldn't always say this. There's not a city in the United States that isn't capable of supporting professional soccer. And That's a fair statement. I don't think he's wrong, right? I mean, you could yeah. go low, low. That doesn't mean everything's first division, but whenever well, you look at sort of where you're at, you could find ways for a USL championship, a USL League One, USL League Two, right? Those different ones. You could and NISL. I mean, there's different levels of professional soccer, but you know, I think before people would say that you would never go down to San Diego, right? Because San Diego, they, they don't pay attention to their yeah, sports teams. Yeah, yeah, it's a beach town. They got <laughs> so too many things to do, right? And everybody now, I think, is firmly supplanted in the fact that San Diego is going to get an MLS team. And Don yeah. Garber alluded to that today. So there's things that have been happening. And I, I'm paying attention to the chat room as well. Uh, Mr. Bravino, Matt, Matt dropped in and said, you know, it's 2,887 days since the Galaxy last won an MLS Cup. I have 2,888 on my calendar. We're one day off. I don't, yeah, you know. but still. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> Which, it, a very, very long time. 2014. And somebody said, you know, E Super was correct in saying the Klein era. I mean, that is yeah. Chris Klein's era right there. It's mm-hmm. 2,887 days or 888, depending on which one you're going with, <laughs> um, you know, since the Galaxy last won an MLS Cup. And it's always always interesting to hear people talk about this. I also saw in the chat room down here, nobody fears us anymore. And that's not true because that changed in the second, in the the last third of the season. LAFC was scared to death of the LA galaxy and you were shaking in their boots. They They were. were. And, and, and Austin was worried about the LA galaxy and anybody who was in the playoffs was worried about the LA galaxy. Now I'm not saying that that carries very much weight right now because you have to back it up for next year, right? If you you start flat next year, you're not, nobody's going to fear you again. 
But if the LA Galaxy are able to pick up on the momentum that they started or ended this season with, if they're able to start with that, if they're able to go into uh, the Rose Bowl game, right? So again, tickets are on sale right now. Um, tickets ranging uh, from what I saw um, on this all the way from $35 all the way up to $500. So there's a wide range of tickets yeah. that you could get to go to this this game. You know I hate the Rose Bowl, Eric, and I've said that many times. I am excited for this game, however. Um, I think this is a really cool sort of thing, and it's better. The only thing I would say when you're picking tickets, it says on your ticket where you're selecting it, it says LA Galaxy Zone or LAFC Zone. So make sure if you're a Galaxy fan, you're picking LA Galaxy Zone, right? And you're not putting yeah. yourself in an LAFC Zone, okay? There's yeah. there's not a ton of tickets left for it. There's, there's a bunch. There's not a ton, but if you go into sections, it's not like... The sections have, you know, maybe not empty. Yeah. yeah, maybe three or four rows are open in the whole section, but there's lots of those spread throughout the stadium. So you will have you yeah, can get your 90,000, 100,000 yes. people. So th th that's something that I'm curious to see how how that eventually is going to fill out, because uh, I thought it, it is going to come down uh, to ticket pricing. And shout out to Mike, Mike Gray, who's in the chat. I think he he posted something similar. I know about the pricing being the thing that's going to make or break it. And I think that that's that's very true that depending on what that price point is, it's a very cool idea, a novel concept, but if you price people out, then that's going to become an issue because it's not, um, you know, it's not SoFi Stadium. It's not the state-of-the-art new shiny toy. It's still the Rose Bowl, so it's, I don't know that it's as much of a draw, but it is this kind of dream scenario that we've been wanting, which, how, let's get this in a big stadium yep. and get as many people as possible. So I am curious to see how it's going to pan out. And, you know, you mentioned 114 days from now. I, I Googled it while we we're doing 114 days ago was July 12th. Yes. So think about it, July 12th, not that long ago. No. You know, remember the galaxy's slumping time that we, we weren't that far ago. So, so, you know, July 12th, you know, February uh, 25th, there were the same distance. We're in that middle zone right now. So again, it's crazy how, how quick things are going to pick up. Like you said, the world Cup's going to come and go, and then we're going to start seeing, you know, people reporting for camps and, you know, uh, winter transfer window uh, action is going to start happening. That's going to be a crazy window uh, this go around. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be crazy times and it's going to come fast and furious. So shout out to people who got the tickets. I think it is going to it's going to be a cool, cool experience no matter what, how it fills out, because I just think just for the scenario and opening the season. The right. Apple TV, I think, is going to you know, they keep pushing that when you when they show the state of the league and the. You know, all the MLS Cup events that are popping up, there's that little Apple logo everywhere. They have those things. So you know that whether that's Apple's doing or MLS is doing, they're going to pump resources behind this to make it a thing. You know, we're talking about you know, making Fetch happen. Like they're yes. going to try to make this a big event, a big deal as their opening splash, uh, you know, being the, the rights provider. So I think that's going to be even if you're not able to get into the Rose Bowl. You're going to see a cool experience for that opening game. All right, let's get to some super chats before we go into There's LA a whole Galaxy. Bunch of them. Yeah, yeah, I know we they've been we stacking a up. Bunch. I didn't miss. They've been stacking. Oh, well, yeah, of course. Been stacking. That's fair. Sorry, uh, Jacob gave us a ten dollars super chat. Thank you for that, Jacob. Uh, love the love the name as well. Uh, that's my son's name. So uh, also my middle name. Also my grandfather's middle name. There you go. Now you know the entire history of the Guessmans and Jacob. Uh, Jacob says the other day I had flashbacks to how much I used to like Stefan uh, Stefan Ishizaki, but I couldn't remember if I liked him because he was actually good or if it was just his facial hair thoughts and obviously the facial hair argument uh, or discussion yeah. brought up by your facial hair there, Eric and the handlebar yeah. uh, the, the next, uh, the next season of uh, darn it. I was going to try to remember the name whenever I did it. What's the cop one 
And why can't I oh, remember? Reno 911? No, not Reno 911. What's Are you the thinking Yellowstone? Super Troopers. Super, Super Troopers. Troopers. That's what I'm thinking. So Same the, vibe. The, the next movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The next yeah. movie is Super Troopers. Uh, you're, you're right in there for that. Uh, so he says, you know, was, was it his facial hair? By the way, Shizaki, very nice facial hair. Uh, but I will tell you, Jacob, it was his play. A solid, solid winger. Made a difference when he needed to. Was always in the right position. Um, wasn't super flashy. Had enough speed to sort of make himself a, a, a dangerous player. I'm a big Stefan Ishizaki fan for sure. Yeah, I think you nailed it right there. I, I'm thinking of someone like this past season, like a Douglas Costa, who the potential and the flashes of brilliance, there were a higher ceiling there, but the, the drop-off of consistency of play was way low as well. There was a huge dip when Douglas Costa was off. We can point to that playoff game, yep. that last playoff game. When he was off, he was off. Ishizaki never gave you those low lows. You no. know, maybe he didn't, you know, have the sizzle, you know, elasticos going around defenders. He didn't have that part, but he was just solid, Such, sending those crosses in right. and getting his job done. Like he, he was a, a great player for that era such, of the Galaxy. Such a Bruce signing. Facial. Such yeah, a Bruce signing. That is <laughs> such a Bruce signing. No high, not the high high, but not the low low. Bruce yeah. was all about give me an eight all day long. I don't need a 10. I don't want a five. I want an eight. I want a seven and a half and an eight every single game. And your low better be a seven and your high is can be Which, whatever you want it to be. But low is a seven. And I don't want to ever see it below that. Yeah. And and I mean this as respectfully as possible. Like you don't look at Stefan Ishizaki and think, wow, what a what an MLS legend. What a great of the game. You know, what a career. But for the his role and for his purpose, he fit it perfectly he and did. serviced the galaxy uh, you know, in, in an excellent way and had great facial. He had a good look. He, he had did. a great look to him. Yeah, he was yeah, I, I again I really I'm a big fan of Stefan Ishizaki. He big big guy. Um Mike Gray uh, gave us a $2 super chat, says, I'm exhausted. Also love the hammer stash. So there you go. Very easy. Uh, we can do that. Uh, and then uh, John, uh, our exile in Colorado there, uh, John gave us a $5 super chat, said, would you rather Rose Bowl parking or 2022 MLS Cup parking? Uh, well, they're parking at Dodger Stadium, I would like to point out. That is where the drop-off point, if you are going to MLS Cup in the heart of the city there, you get to stop. You six I By the way, Somebody in the Discord, and, uh, and I think it was Brendan, SA Galaxy in our Discord, was like, isn't Dodger Stadium really far away and from, yeah. from, from the heart <laughs> of the city? And I'm like, oh, my God, it's got to be like, what, 20 miles? It's six miles away. But we all know in L.A. traffic, that six miles is like a 40 or 50 minute bus ride, right? And, and that particular six miles, I think that's oh. the thing. When the solution to your traffic problem is getting in and out of Chavez Ravine, it's, you, you, have, you have a problem because getting in and out of Dodger Stadium is, is, is a nightmare. nightmare. Yeah. You know, they have, they, have, they have a huge lot and that's part of, you know, uh, you know, their real estate issue, you know, things that they have going on. And it's an advantage to the Dodgers. But getting in and out of there, it's not a fun time no. getting in and out of there. And, and to the, the point as someone who's had USC season tickets, my brother, who's a USC alum, getting in and out of the Coliseum is not a fun time either. No. When that Coliseum is packed, especially back in the national championship run days. So with a USC homecoming game, uh, while USC is kind of in a top 10 program with MLS cup coupled with that, it's just crazy time. It's going to be crazy time. And the, I at least appreciate the fact that they said, Hey, there's no, there's no parking. You don't, just don't even do don't it. come here looking. And, yeah. For parking. Because I, I know the um, USC VIP parking, they use the bank of California a lot and that's already booked. That's paid for that's done. So, you know, tough luck, uh, you know, find other ways around there. And so that's, 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 I think just the fact that there's no parking, having to take, the metro in and out of there, you know, when they built that new metro line into the, the expo exposition right. park, 
I, you know, we tried it out and we're like, Hey, you know, why not, you know, park, park at one of these local stations and train in. It was kind of a miserable experience getting out because you can go early and avoid crowds. Right. But when you get out, everyone's getting out at the same time. Yeah. And unless you want to hang out, you know, in downtown LA for, you know, four or five hours, the, the trains eventually do stop. So, you, you know, you do have to get on one. It's, it's kind of a miserable experience. So as much as I hate the Rose Bowl and that, you know, golf course situation, right. because they, they file you in very nicely, plenty of staff. Nice orderly fashion, but getting out, it's just a free for all. Good luck getting out of there. You, Basically you don't move. Mo- yeah. There's monster jam in there. Uh, so, but I'd rather have that than, uh, than whatever's happening. Uh, Exposition park near, near the Coliseum there. That That's going to be a mess this week. At, at least at the Rose bowl, you end up tailgating on a golf course. I mean, yeah. in top, top <laughs> tailgating spot, yeah. <laughs> it, the, uh, you know, the Rose bowl is possibly one of the best tailgating spots in all of the United States, maybe in the world for being able to tailgate, on a golf course and chilling. And that's, I always enjoyed it when Arizona state would play uh, UCLA. I'd always go for that. So that's great. The problem is you're right. Getting out. I will tell you why I don't care about that is because I'm part of the press and it takes me forever to get out of there. And we you're, just hang out. We just hang out in the press box. Everybody's you're coming like, out two hours later. Yeah. Anyway, I, yeah. I think I actually, when I saw USA play Mexico for the confederation cups playoff, I think because of that congestion, we just ended up hanging out, uh, outside and we actually walked when we were walking back we were ran into Stu Holden walking back at the same time so I, I kind of see your logic at, oh, coming Stu. a little bit later. Stu's over there just Good old Stu. just just getting ready to talk about Qatar and how great that is oh that's <laughs> well, gonna be and, and yes. speaking of that's mm-hmm. my first memory of the Rose Bowl uh-huh. it was 1994 USA versus Romania okay going to the Rose Bowl and that atmosphere like when you're a young child and seeing that that that's one of the reasons that got me hooked uh, into the game was that was that game yeah. uh, at the Rose Bowl. So a lot of history there and all the more reason to kind of visit that opening game and, and all the history and the fun that belongs to it. MLS Cup for the rivals. Nah, give them candies. Let but it go. I, I should tell everybody this is a fairly open show in terms of what we have to talk about. There's nothing like <laughs> set in stone that we absolutely the of the offseason. Yeah. I have a whole list of things. I'm not going to say we don't have stuff. We do. We have a whole list of things to talk about. If I don't get to any of those, I'm not going to be overly disappointed. There's like one thing I think we have to talk about. Other than that, mm-hmm. I don't care. So if you have questions and you want to super chat them, go ahead and do that. And we will be here to uh, to take those. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the LA Galaxy Team Awards. Let's talk about how Josh got it wrong on Defender of the Year. But that's okay because I think the voters got it wrong on Defender of the Year. <laughs> I agree. Let's go. Um, Moving on. Yeah, get to that. <laughs> yeah. LA Galaxy Player of the Year was Javier Chicharito Hernandez. We talked about that. That was fairly well known. I think that was the, the right no answer. No-brainer. Right? Okay. Yeah. LA Galaxy. There was some rumblings for Ricky and then rumblings for Jovovich, but I think you can't you're, you you got to give it to your top goal scorer with the most minutes it's a no brainer it's it was it was it was uh it was Chicharito. that that's fine uh that's the second year in a row winning it just in case you're paying attention uh defender of the year was jonathan bond i would love to see how many first place votes he got because it is ranked voting we do use ranked voting right so it's first place gets certain number of points second place gets certain number of points third place gets certain number of points i have to imagine I know he was, I think he was third on my list, right? Whenever I went down, if I remember correctly, he might, I think he was third. It was Sega Koulibaly, Julian Rajo, and then uh, I think, uh, if I'm correct, Jonathan Bond. So he was third. But like that third was, and I gets a point. I really like Jonathan Bond. I don't want to pretend like I don't, but that third was more of like, who else am I going to put in there? I guess it's Jonathan Bond. Because in my opinion, he had a very up and down year, a lot like Julian Rajo. And I didn't want Julian Rajo to be Defender of the Year either, although there were lots of people who were saying he's absolutely Defender of the Year. And I thought Sega Koulibaly was by far the most consistent performer at defense. So, Sega, you got screwed. I don't know what to tell you. Um, it wasn't is, my fault. I just want to tell you. 
this is one of those things that if were, we were really good at this podcasting thing, I would have come in with a rehearsed counter argument on why Jonathan Bunn is the defender of the year. Right. But we're in the hive mind here. I agree with you. Sega Kubali was the most consistent through 34 games. Uh, didn't make a lot of mistakes, missed a little bit of time due to injury. But, you know, the thing, the funny thing about Sega is when he's on the ball, every game he does one or two moves where like he's going to lose it, it's going to fall apart. And he manages to juke a forward and, and make it work and make that great pass. I thought he was very solid this season. And I think what Sega suffers from is uh, a bad agent, bad press manager. He doesn't have that, you know, aura of <laughs> same, you know, good vibes that, that Jonathan Bond gives out. Jonathan Bond, you know, likable guy. Right. People love cheering for him. Right. You know, and it's one of those things. And again, we're not. <laughs> of course, we're couching this. It's to no disrespect of his own, but Sega Sega was a better defender over the course of 34 games. You know, Jonathan Bond had some mistakes. There were some games where he kept the gal absolutely kept the Galaxy in games. Yes, but I think last season he had a better season. You know, where he basically saved the Galaxy from losing a lot more games than they could have. Where in this season, it's you know he, the Galaxy ended up winning because of a goal surplus, but it wasn't for Jonathan Bond necessarily keeping them in games. And so I think that's kind of the difference of where I had Jonathan Bond not at the top of my list. So Sega, I'm with you. I think Sega was the most consistent best defender of the year, but I also would have been totally okay with Julian Araujo getting it. I could, I could understand his, that argument because of his offensive contributions. Yes. That's something that I, I like to, I, I count that as being part of the defender of the year. Cause right now and the way the game is played, you know, your fullbacks have to be part of the offense. That's just the way it is now. So if you're able to defend and contribute on the offense, I think you get you get a gold star for that. And for I would not have been upset if Julian Araujo and I was actually expecting him to get it, even though I felt like Sega was the best player. So I was I was surprised to see that Jonathan Bond got defender of the year. Larry, I think maybe as a makeup call for last year. Last year he could have won the award. Larry Morgan not on Twitter uh, was uh, texting me immediately because he said Jonathan Bond was defender of the year whenever he texted me. Like, Larry. Uh, and so Larry was like, don't ever don't ever doubt me. Don't ever doubt me. And I'm <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, you're we're still wrong. By the way, I just let you know. Uh, Golden Boot Chicharito as well. Uh, Chicharito also was the humanitarian of the year. Um, L.A. Galaxy two Preston Judd. I mean, and that was that was pretty easy. By the way, defender no defender of the year Jalen Neal. I, we didn't vote on these. These are basically, I don't know who votes on them. So I don't think that they actually vote. I think they're sort of applied by the team and they're saying this is who it was. Yeah, for, for G2, that would make yeah. more sense. Um, Golden Boot, Preston Judd. Uh, Humanitarian of the Year for G2, Jalen Neal. So you got Jalen Neal getting two awards. You have Preston Judd getting two awards. And by the way, those are the two guys that if you're looking at guys who could make an impact for 2023, those in my mind are the two most likely candidates for the yeah. 2023 season. So That's one of those things when you're looking to fill gaps. I think... I was thinking if Chicharito did move on and we'll talk about rumors and Suarez happened to come in, I was thinking, well, if you have Suarez, you have Jovalich and then Judd has kind of showed that he's, you know, he has that, that knack, you know, you bring him along and maybe he becomes your, your new Jovalich off the bench uh, to make the magic happen towards the end. So I, th I feel like Judd is right on that precipice there. And then the same thing with Neil with some of, uh, <laughs> here we are not speaking kindly uh, of defenders. I think, there are some defenders on this team, you know, Eric Zavaleta, Nick DePew, who maybe I, I don't I don't see a spot for them. So right. maybe now is when you give Jalen Neal that chance, Marcus Fracranis that chance, give them some minutes and bring them along. So I think you could see them. Another guy who who comes to mind and he wasn't on this list, Cameron Dunbar had a, had I know he he was on highlight reels all the all over this season for for G two. So I'd like to see him, you know, win his time. I believe it was twenty twenty when GBS gave him some time and he came in and he really, he showed a lot of promise. So I'd like to see him get another 
get another shot at getting in this first team, playing on the wing, or maybe playing up front uh, in different situations. Cameron Dunbar is another name that I'd add to that list, yeah. along with Judd, Neil, and Fakranis. Yeah, it could be, and and maybe there'll be some other surprises. I mean, I think you also can look in the middle of the roster and maybe look at somebody like Daniel Geary getting more minutes, right? You know, yeah. those types of things. Uh, maybe Carlos Harvey gets some more appearances in those. Maybe you look at um, Adam Saldana in the midfield as well. The midfield is thinner than I think Greg Vanny would like. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in and finds another veteran to sort of put that in. But that also depends on what Victor Vasquez and Sasha Kleshin do and those types of things. Um, it's one of those, the, the starting, your starters are solid, but the drop off is, is, is pretty steep. It, it is. Um, LA Galaxy Academy, uh, Brandon Tellez, Tellez, uh, midfielder. Um, he's 17, made his professional debut for LA Galaxy 2 this season. He logged two appearances during that in the USL re- uh, regular season. Um, so uh, he was also called up by the U18 Mexican national team for a training camp. So if you're looking at, you know, again, just sort of keep your eyes down the list a little bit there. Um, you can you can figure out who is coming uh, and when they are coming. Just to give you the list of everybody, it still hasn't happened, and I'm waiting for it to happen. It's going to happen one of these years, Eric. It's coming. The defender of the year is also going to win the player <laughs> of the year, right? It uh, was supposed to happen in 2016. Okay. The galaxy panicked and they took the vote away from the press and they made it a popular vote for Giovanni Dos Santos. That way he could win. And they did it on Twitter and they took it away from it because they knew Yella Van Dam was going to win player of the year and defender of the year at the same time. And their big marquee signing Giovanni Dos Santos will get no awards. And so they, I mean, totally well, he won golden boot. Yeah. I mean, he would have that season. Yeah, okay. Right? Great. According to that chart, but great. Uh, great. <laughs> but I'm with you. Yellow Van Dam burned so bright that season. Oh. There, there was a, I think galaxy history posted it that the goal where he, he, he megged the Colorado defender before sending in the cross to a Giovanni dos Santos, mm-hmm. you know, header goal. And I think that season he was so solid on defense and just a, a beast and everything you wanted from a leader on that back line. So, I'm with you. He he would have been a great MVP for that season. But then, speaking of the drop off, his drop off <laughs> the season after that was was it was a pretty steep decline. And I know he had other there were other factors led into that. But that 2016 season, he was absolutely right a, a, an all star and a beast for the LA Galaxy. Yeah, he was, and he and he would have. And I'm telling you right now because I had the pulse of the press box that that particular year in 2016. Well, I knew it was going to happen, and then they changed the vote because they knew it was going to happen yeah. too. Talk about a guy with good press. Everyone loves Yella. You know, everyone was all about. At him, that so. point, he was yeah. he was the team, right? And that was a yeah. that was not a good that was not a good team. Um, and so twenty sixteen wasn't it wasn't awful. a horrible team. I agree. Yeah, it, it wasn't it was a horrible a hodgepodge. Of, yes, of pieces put together. Yeah, but that's what you that's what you expect. You were like, it's yeah. Yella Van Dam. He's clearly yeah. the best. He's clearly the captain, which he was made captain. If you remember in 2017. 2017, the wheels fall off. Okay, yeah. I remember I had lunch. <laughs> Uh, I had lunch with Yella Van Dam uh, in 2017 with, I think Larry Morgan was there and we were hanging out and we had lunch with, that was one of the things the galaxy did. They invited us to come and sit down with different players that to have lunch and yellow was sat there and he talked to us. He was great. Great. I mean, great guy, but 2017 yeah. all went down, uh, downhill. If you remember he had, he had family issues, right? He was, he was like having problems with his family. It was like a divorce thing and the whole deal. It was not a pretty situation. And, and being out of the country away from your family, like he, that's, that's rough. He quit on the team. If you remember, yeah. there were a couple red cards where you're like, what happened to Yella? Oh, okay. He just wanted to leave that team. Okay. Sounds good. So yeah, really interesting, uh, sort of looking back at the history of everything. If, if we continue with 
awards in this case, we should talk about the MLS best 11 and we'll do it very quickly because there are no LA Galaxy players on this. Do you think <laughs> I, I'll just say Carlos Vela, Brandon Vasquez, uh, <laughs> Jesus Ferreira, uh, Daniel Gazdag, uh, Hani Mukhtar, who was the league MVP, uh, Sebastian Giussi, uh, Luciano Costa, uh, let's see, Kai Wagner, Jacob Glesnes, and Walker Zimmerman and Andre Blake in gold. Those your, that's your best 11. Is there an argument? Can you make an argument for Chicharito to be placed on this particular list? Yes. Okay. 100%. How, 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 how do you do it? You replace Carlos Vela. You, you know, more, more goals, uh-huh. uh, no. more valuable to their team. And mm-hmm. If you're building a best 11, I think Chicharito was absolutely robbed of a spot up here. I think it's going to come across as sour grapes and as a hater because we're an LA galaxy podcast, Mm -hmm. but uh, speaking to some people who are, I know are fans of LAFC. They, they also agree that Vela had no business being in this, this top best 11. They even, they thought Chicho Arango should have taken that spot. And so I think you have a better argument having Arango up there, Arango versus Chicharito. Okay. Who's more important Uh, to that? I think that's, that's, that's a better conversation than Vela. And I think Vela being on there, is a travesty and it shows kind of some of the biases of some of the voting. And, and I, I didn't get a vote in this. I would like to be but very as, clear. I will say that as someone, even though we are an LA galaxy podcast, mm-hmm. uh, we're, I feel like we're pretty tapped in, in like noticing games and following teams. And, and so when you look at this list, there's not, there's no, nothing that jumps out in here that you say, Oh wow, that's way off. You know, Brandon Vasquez just had an absolute banger of a season. Has his forever after what he did in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Mukhtar, obviously MVP Drusi, what Austin did, uh, you know, and then obviously the Philadelphia, you know, basically, you know, defense and and Gazdag is what he did there. There's no no issues with this team except for that 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 inclusion of Vela. You could tell. Uh, yeah, the, he just has no place. He's completely off. off uh, you shouldn't be on that list. I, I, I want to see Chicharito there. I feel like if you're building like a well-rounded, you know, you want you want more representatives. Chicharito should be on the list. But you could even I, I'll, I'll concede and say Chicho Arango if he took that spot, I wouldn't be as upset. I, I will say this. Carlos Vela had more goal contributions than Chicharito did. I think Chicharito had 18 goals, uh, two assists, which gives him total 20 total uh, goal contributions. Carlos Vela had... Hold on. I just pulled it up. Uh, Carlos Vela had uh, 12 goals and 11 assists. That's 23 goal com- contributions. There's an argument there. All right? Yeah. I'm not saying... I Listen, <laughs> I... I mean, that's why I'm not going to sit here and argue. I think you're right. I think Arango is probably the guy who, who could be up there. I also think that I think Philadelphia is a really fun team. I really do. I, and, and this is coming from somebody who said they absolutely didn't believe, didn't deserve to be where they were like the last couple of years. But seeing them play this year, they have been one of the most dominant teams in all of Major League Soccer. They're actually, I think in a lot of ways, they are an underdog going in to play LAFC. But at the same time, they're not. Uh, because I think Philly is probably the best team this year, or certainly has had the most dominant form of any team this year. And, and speaking of tiebreakers, you know, talk about a team that, you know, was hard done by a tiebreaker. They feel like they were, they had the same amount of points as LAFC and it was a tiebreaker that gave LAFC the shield. So they have that extra little edge, that chip on their shoulder that they're going in with. And I, I, I said it with, you know, having friends who are tapped in to LAFC, not thinking Vela should have been up there. They were they they were more afraid of playing Philadelphia than they were of NYC. They were hoping NYC would win that game, and they feel like they'd have an easier time. Philadelphia, they don't feel like that's going to be as easy as a game. And I agree. I think Philadelphia is going to give them a, a tougher 
tougher resistance than maybe NYC would. I feel like Philadelphia is the more experienced team at this point. And I know LAFC has been in the playoffs a couple times, but if you look at what Philly has done and, and where they've been in the playoffs and sort of how they've been moving themselves along over the last three or four years, they have yeah. been in the hunt and in the fight and they have been there. So I wouldn't be surprised to see them as the more experienced team. Although if you watch that New York City game, craziest game ever. I was watching that game. And I'm like, okay, New York City yeah, scored. And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm like, oh, one nothing. Okay, cool. Go up, give the kid a bath, right? I'm, I'm like, take him to bed. It's only like 20 minutes tops. I come back down and the, it was one nothing when I left. I come back and it's three to one Philadelphia. And I'm like, yeah. that is why they're so dominant is yeah. they may not be able to hold possession as well as LAFC is going to be. But when they start getting dangerous, you can't stop them. And they're just going to keep coming in waves yeah. and waves and waves. I'm really... I actually think now from a neutral perspective, I think it's going to be a really good MLS cup. Agree. Uh, I, I really do. So, uh, you know, I know people are going to watch it. I know that there are a lot of galaxy fans who are going to be, uh, Philadelphia, uh, union we're, fans. We're, we're all in. We're Phillies union. We hate Houston, hate, hate LAFC. So <laughs> we're putting a lot of hope to the city of brotherly love there. So dupe all day. And to that point, I'm yes. going to mention this dupe is like a perfect, like, when juxtaposition to LAFC and like what's an MLS thing like that, I believe it was Peter Nowak who brought that in from uh motion Gladbeck and one of the best names to say, right. but he brought that in and kind of brought it into the team, wanted it as a goal celebration song. The fans got super behind it, became like an inside joke, became a thing and it organically became like this beautiful thing to support your club as opposed to, Hey, let's go to Germany. I hear they do this. Let's make bring these chants back. And this manufactured. Hey, we want to do a song. Let's call a, a rapper to do our song. Let's get you know someone from Cypress Hill. That it's just it's very manufactured as opposed to some organic thing building up. And I just think that's a perfect like one to one comparison of building something that's MLS American soccer. Like not hating MLS, right. enjoying MLS for its quirks and its warts. And going all in as opposed to the Euro snobbiness, you know, football club kind of mentality where, right. you know, so I think that that's that's another one of those. And again, I'm sounding like a hater here because I am a yeah. hater. Yeah, I was but now I like, podcast. Uh, yeah. what, what do you want? But I think that is one of those things that I, I why I'm behind Philly as well. I just I, I want to see uh, that fan base and what they what Jim Curtin's built in that roster. Like you said, they've been one step away. They're exercising those demons. So. Where you know, we're, I think that's probably going to wrap up our MLS. Yeah, I'm our MLS <laughs> cup, cup, cup. But, yeah. but but that's you know, I, I, will, I have more than just disliking LAFC to root for Philly and what they've built there. I will say this: um, that uh, the Galaxy, as an organization, seem to be behind Philadelphia as well. Philadelphia out training at the uh, Dignity Health Sports Park Track and Field Stadium um, today, I believe, and, and ahead of everything. So they've been training at Dignity Health Sports Park. By the way, if you're the LA Galaxy, how come you don't like just give them like full run of the full stadium? You guys want to practice on the full stadium? Just come on in. We'll, we'll, you guys want to go beat LAFC? Go for it. You know, that type of thing. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a rising tide lifts all boats here. Uh, and the anti LAFC there, it is funny. There's then this happens every single year. And I imagine this is what has happened in every single year. The L.A. Galaxy have been in the MLS Cup or anything else is that they always there's there's clearly a public sentiment that is going yeah. towards Philadelphia. 
it's not even close. It is the public sentiment is they want Philadelphia to win, right? And they're like, Philadelphia is likable. And then the other team is not likable, right? And I imagine that the LA Galaxy, every time they've been in there, have been on the unlikable side of, of those as well. So, yeah, I, you know, 100%. Hey, yeah, it's, you know, it is what it is. It's, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> I wanted to get to something. This is the most important thing that I wanted to talk about. Kevin Baxter had a talk with uh, Chris Klein and uh, Greg Vanny. Uh, he put an article out. It's in the LA Times. I'm going to be happy to uh, to read you most of this article so you don't have to have an LA Times subscription. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we're just going to rip the paywall, but here we are, yeah, PDF, yeah, all the way through. Yeah, we're just going to we're just going to rock and roll <laughs> through it. Um, and I think there's some important things. One is uh, that the Galaxy, and especially if you look at Chris Klein, um, talk about you know the the progress that was made was was great, and you know obviously winning MLS Cups. And I'm going to paraphrase a lot of this stuff, but obviously. Uh, winning MLS Cups is always the measure of the team. But, you know, the whole idea was building something that was sustainable um, and something that goes from year to year and is able to be productive and successful year to year. Now, um, you know, in this, uh, Klein said, uh, the progress that we've made as a club and the possibility that we can continue to continue to evolve and continue to get better. I'm greatly encouraged by that. Some of the players that we were able to bring in was evidence of this process. And I'm like, no, it's not. You got some really good players. And I don't know that it's part of the process that you got Ricky Pouge or that you got Gaston Bergman. I certainly think that Greg, if we're talking about anything and Kevin and I talked a little bit about this, um, Kevin has to do an event on Monday night and then he's off to the world cup. So it's unlikely he's going to be here for a little while for us to talk to, um, uh, during this time. But, um, he talked about this. He said, he said, and, and Kevin was talking to me. He says, for my money, Greg Vanny's the general manager. And he goes, he goes after talking to everybody and understanding this, he, Greg Vanny is the driving force behind all this. So, um, if you want to know where fault lies with most of the decisions that are being made, it's going to be Greg Vanny. Right. And it feels like Chris Klein has done his arm length. Uh, keep me away. Right. And, uh, you know, and we've seen that before. But um, that's yeah. Go that ahead. just seems so, so convenient uh, because, you know, if if you're Chris Klein and you you're you're basically giving Vanny the rope and saying, you know, when when you talk to, you know, Kevin Baxter and you give you're speaking to the media, you know, comes off, gives the aura that Greg Vanny's the guy in charge. He's the one making the calls. So when if. When if things go wrong, you know, hey, it's, it's not Chris Klein's fault. He, he's he's booking the Rose Bowl. You know, he, he's, you know, signing the players that the coach wants. It's yeah, even more I'm that just doing my job. Let me give you uh, let me give you more yeah. from that. Just on that exactly yeah. things. Chris Klein told Kevin, he said that the L.A. Galaxy set records for ticket revenue and sponsorships during this last season. That's true. So the, if the you sponsorship, yeah. right, right. So if you were looking at successes that Chris Klein can check next to his name, then you have to look at records for ticket revenue and records for the shirt sponsorship. Those are things the president of the com of, of the club are supposed to do. Right. Yeah. And so we're sitting there now. You and I have been talking about this and Kevin points it out that there is no resolution to Chris Klein's contract as of right now. Chris Klein continues to say that him and Dan Beckerman are on the same page. I don't know what that page is, but I'll tell you right now that goes, it goes one of two. It go, well, I guess it could if they go weren't one of on the ways. same page. He wouldn't be worried about a, right. a job next year. Right. Right. So I, I mean, clearly it looks like he's coming back next year. You and I were talking and said, okay, Chris Klein and, and Mr. Provino, Matt earlier said it's 2,887 days. I say it's 2,888 days. Uh, since the LA galaxy last won an MLS cup. And for the large majority of that, I think Klein came in in 2013, uh, maybe 2014 was whenever he first started and they got a cup. But Klein started, the LA Galaxy haven't been back to an MLS Cup. So if you're judging the LA Galaxy by winning MLS Cups in 2,888 days, they have not won one, then that is 
a direct reflection on Chris Klein and what he has been able to do, right? Um, you can put that down to the other guy who's been in there as well with Jovan Karofsky. What is your, what do you think, you know, and, and this is a Chris Klein question, what do you think people are going to remember about your tenure? If we stopped it right now, what are people going to remember about your tenure? It's the, 20, yeah, yeah. It's 2017. It's yeah. 2020. Yeah. That's what people are going to remember. Uh, you know, the two of the worst seasons in Galaxy history were under your tenure. Uh, I think that's what people are going to remember. So the part of where the discussion, I think what's where you're going with it and not to step on it is that we are probably going to see Chris Klein in this role next year because of the successes that he's had. But going back to, you know, why his contract is up five years ago, there was a five year extension in 2017 after the worst season in galaxy history, he got five years. I think if news comes out or it becomes apparent that, they give him another five years or another long-term extension. That is a middle finger to the fan base. And so Klein out, right or wrong, whether you agree with the movement or not, the performance on the field hasn't lived up to fan expectations. Right. So maybe it hasn't been as low as uh, maybe some people make it out to be. But at the same time, giving him that extension is com- being completely tone deaf to what this Galaxy te- team has been during the entirety of his tenure. So I think, okay, we'll give you another year because there have been successes, but we can't give you multiple years because you haven't shown that the, you're a long, this is going to be a long-term success. Maybe, maybe this is the one blip. This is the, the one part of the, the data that's skewing that we have to throw out because it's, it's not consistent with what we've seen over the past five years. If, and so if, that, that's the thing you need to take into consideration. As well, well, and you and I were talking, if Klein gets more than a year extension or maybe maybe two years is, is max, right? Now, this isn't a five-year deal, right? He's gotten five-year deals and, and those have sort of strung together in order to get him where he's at now. If he gets a one-year or two-year deal, if it's anything outside of that, and even two years to me is stretching because you don't know. Listen, we've seen this before, right? The LA Galaxy in 2019 went to the MLS Cup playoffs, right? They won a game. Then they lost. LAFC. Yeah, how surprising. Tell me how 2020 went. Now, obviously, 2020 world world changed. But, but at the same but time, other, there were plenty of teams who were able teams, to adapt. Exactly. There you go. That, that's exactly the point I was making. And and here's it's going to sound like I'm arguing for Klein. But I will say this, that the L.A. Galaxy not succeeding is not from lack of the front office providing the resources and the opportunity providing the, the money providing the yeah, money well resources like, to me is too broad because that means that like they have a scouting department that's they true, don't that's true that's you know? fair but but like you know let's sign a a, a, a goal scorer you know the high pre- like there are teams who would kill to sign a, a, a high profile striker like chicharito and the galaxy has no problem doing that there are teams that would you know have trouble bringing in we we've gone in on douglas costa but there are teams that would have you know, just don't want to make that. Maybe they wanted to make that move, but they're not able to make that move. And, but the galaxy is willing to make that move. And right. so I think they're willing to put themselves out there and, hey, let's get a team together. Let's make it work. The moves have been misses. There have been a lot of swings and misses. Um, and I think we need to be fair as well and to say that um, Dennis DeCosa, who was part of that, there were some misses under his era yep. as well. So it's not there all. There always are. Yeah, but that's the thing. And same with Vanny. Look at Kevin Cabral this season, mm-hmm. you know, who has has those ties to Vanny. But then you look at Bregman, who's a sex. There's 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 swings and misses in both directions. So you can't hang it all on, on Chris Klein. But when you look at the entirety of his tenure, there there's there's more misses than, than hits. And, and that's sort of the whole thing. So anyway, so that's sort of the Chris Klein. I fully expect him to be back, be back at least for next year. 
That's what I'm I'm telling you. If you're telling if you want the tea leaves, if you want the tea leaves that I'm reading and how this this plays out it, again, that that's where it is. Um, now, maybe Klein says that he doesn't want to come back for just a year. Maybe he's maybe that's an insult and he doesn't want to do it. And maybe he wants to go do something else. Don't know. Not the, the Zlatan deal where the, didn't they give him an offer that was basically a slap in the face? Yep, absolutely. Um, well, I don't know if it was a slap in the face. They didn't want him to come back. Right. <laughs> yeah. That was that was never going to happen. Um, so anyway, so that that was on there. Um, I'm trying to think. Duh, 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 duh. Uh, Klein said our goal every year is the MLS Cup. Uh, but we want to build something good and sustainable. And I have great belief that that is exactly what Vanny is doing. Uh, Kevin goes on to say eight of the 11 starters in the playoff loss to LAFC will be back, including captain Javier Chicharito Hernandez, the team's leading scorer each of the last two seasons, designated players, Douglas Costa and Kevin Brawl, and the midfield of Pooj, Gaston Brugman and Mark Delgado. We'll get to that. Everybody take a deep breath and just <laughs> chill for a second. Okay. And again, my, my mustache flared up a little bit. And, and everybody there. needs to chill. I know what Kevin's saying, so I can help you out on this. I can translate <laughs> what he just said. Uh, in addition, the team is expected to exercise contract ex- options on goalkeeper, Jonathan Bond and center backs, Sega Koulibaly and Martin uh, Caceres uh, before the November 14th deadline. Um, although Caceres 35, who will play in the fourth world cup for Uruguay, this uh, Uruguay this month uh, could choose retirement as well. And we knew that. Right. And he has an option out there. Uh, let's see. Uh, Klein said that when Vanny was hired before the 2021 season, he laid out an ambitious multi-year plan to rebuild, not just the first team, but the galaxy's entire soccer operation, including the scouting, the player development system. Um, and maybe the mid season acquisition of Pooch, which I don't think is a scouting. It's not like you sit there. If you've listened to Greg Vanny, tell the story. It's not like, well, we've really been scouting this Ricky Pooch. No, it was like, <laughs> Hey, do we have enough huevos to go out there and try to get yeah. Ricky Pooch? And they did, which is great. And again, I think that that is a Jovan Karofsky move and only maybe Jovan Karofsky can sort of make that move. There are probably a couple other guys around the league who can do it, but Jovan is skilled at that. And you I think the, well, you need to have the right connections in place. And that, that is the name of the game. And he has that. So I I keep saying and I keep I want to make it clear you have to give people credit for their positives and you can and you can ding them for their negatives I'm fine with that just be balanced about it and we'll say this there's it's in the chat a lot also with the news of Messi going to Miami or Ronaldo to LA who's the guy that you're going to need on that case if you want that to happen you're going to need a guy like Jovan who probably has those relationships yeah. uh, existing. By the way, Super Chat uh, came in from, I'm going to go all the way up to it. Uh, Chris, uh, $2 says Messi to Miami, Ronaldo to Galaxy. The, the whole Miami thing is, is I mean, first of all, it's been rumored for a while. Basically, the the article there says that Miami is confident in their ability to bid for Leo Messi and and possibly to bring him in. It's not that they're, they think he's, he's absolutely coming because it sounds like he's wanted by a whole bunch of people. Not surprising. Yeah. So if he wants to come Barcelona there. Barcelona is also a strong rumor that he'll yeah, back there. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that makes some sense. Um, what the, by the way, gave us a $2 super chat says, Hammer, tell us how you really feel. That was when you were all getting all all up in your, your fills. <laughs> was, when when you're, you're I, going being a hater. You, I was you being a hater. You. And I see, I see some people in the chat. I don't know if they're LAFC fans. Oh, yeah, or, that was definitely an LAFC I was like, fan. You know, uh, you know, appreciate the views. Maybe drop us a super chat. We appreciate you being here. Yeah. Thanks for checking this out. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe you're... Uh, Teams podcasts are not at the level here, but yeah, well, just I mean, throwing that out there. In terms of propaganda, this certainly isn't. I mean, <laughs> you know, this one, uh, I, I, I like to say, listen, I think we're fair. It doesn't mean we're always out here spouting hatred yeah, I'm, on I, everything. I'm just, but you know, I, I, I said full disclosure, I'm a hater, and I, I'm absolutely going to be a hater, and I wouldn't, 
I wouldn't expect anything else from the other side as well. So anyway, so uh, $20 super chat, by the way, from Scott, uh, my pocketbook weighing less because of all the rate increases for our season tickets. Klein out. Thanks for everything, Josh and Hammer. You're welcome. Um, I'm sorry about your pocketbook, but you know what? Listen, spending it at the right place. Scott, super chat here, right? Scott, your wallet isn't any lighter because you're not carrying cash around. Who carries cash around anymore? All right. It's just a plastic (laughs) card. So your wallet always weighs the same anymore. All right. This is I've been having the nobody carries cash argument with people a little bit older than me, although like, what was it? I, I was watching a TikTok and they're like, for all you older people on tw- on TikTok, you know, the people born in the early 90s. And I'm like, oh, my God, those are the <laughs> yeah. older people on TikTok. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're, we're in bad shape. This, that's not good for me. Um, so let's go back and let me let me translate a little bit of what Kevin said whenever he said eight of 11 players are back. And he mentions the three designated players, Javier Chicharito, uh, Hernandez, Douglas Costa and Kevin Cabral. They're under contract. It does not mean that they will absolutely 100% return in 2023, okay? And I think that's the most important thing to sort of look at. Now, some of these other ones, I can tell you, they're absolutely coming back. Like, uh, Pooja's is coming back, right? Chicharito is coming back. We know that for sure, right? I mean, these are things that we say. And I say know that for sure. Could the LA Galaxy trade Chicharito and transfer him somewhere to, to open up that spot to do something else with it? They could. Are they going to? I think it's highly unlikely. And I also would be shocked if Chicharito does not have a clause in his contract where he has the say. He, he very well wants could. to go or stay. Yeah. And it seems like he wants to stay uh, in Los Angeles. So I think Chicharito is, is not going anywhere. The other, you, you seem to have a pretty strong conviction that Cabral is going to be the one who is not starting on this team <sighs> next the, the, season. This is, this is what, well, first of all, he wasn't starting down the road anyway because well, he was a sub, right? Play, playing on, okay. this, or on this roster. Because my, my feelings are. I, I would love that, but at the same time, you have to have someone who wants him or someone to take him, and mm-hmm. I, I don't see a lot of you could, you could, suitors for him as well. But you could put him like back in League 2. Somebody would take him, right? And I'm not saying that they're even going to pay all of his salary, but I bet you could get him to pay most of his salary. And for the most part, when you transfer somebody out, it kind of goes off the books, even if you're paying them, because yeah. we've seen that with people Gonzalez. We saw it with Jorgen Shelvick, right? We've seen that, that it doesn't necessarily infla- affect the salary cap. Plus, as a designated player, his salary is outside of the salary cap, although there, there must be some accommodation if you yeah. transfer somebody out and do something. I'm sure there's an MLS rule in there somewhere. Um, the whole thing. No, there's a rule. There's always a rule for everything. Um, but that, I mean, my whole thing is this, and I've said this from the very beginning, and I know people sometimes don't believe me, is that Greg Vanny sees everything and more than you see whenever you see the play. Greg Vanny knows that Kevin Cabral is not the answer for next season at the wing. Greg Vanny knows that he's going to have to find an impactful winger, at least one, possibly two. With, with Douglas Costa, right? But you're going to need something. You need an impactful winger in order to do that. And you probably need one at a fairly high level. Now, the Galaxy with Kevin Cabral have a young designated player issue there, right? That they're going to have to manage. Yeah. They have to manage somebody like Efrain Alvarez, who's making 600000 But somebody, I forget, in one of our other videos, somebody left a, uh, a, a note below it. And they're like... Efrain Alvarez makes $600,000 is like chill because he does not cost that against the cap. I think he costs one fifty against the cap. So like I don't care how other people spend their money whenever it's like in that it's like, oh, we, <laughs> it's more about cap space and what that affords you and how that able to do. So in my mind, I think there's more opportunity because Kevin Cabral is young because he played in League Two before and he could probably go back there um, fairly easily. I feel like there's more opportunity to move him than somebody like Douglas Costa, whose almost contract is almost up. Uh, he's got one year left on that. And so to yeah, me, there's there's like, some flexibility. He seems like a buyout guy. He seems like he'd be easier to get rid of than than Cabral because you could you give him the Giovanni Dos Santos, you, you buy it out and you're done. 
and then you bring you bring in Ronaldo for however much you're willing to pay for him there. Yeah, and we're I, done. I mean, we're good. I mean that is you know, and that's certainly a rumor that's there. Um, here's the other thing. So so while Kevin says that they're going to be back, understand they're under contract, and that's why he also talks about the contract options. Jonathan Bond, um, Sega Coolball. Sega is going to be one that you want to lock up. And I know there's people who are like, oh, well, you, he could be a backup. Just be quiet. Stop with this crap about Sega and, being a backup. Sega's. Who, Sega's, be, we're, yeah, go ahead. We're, we're going to be his, his, his new agents to, to work this out. He gets bad press. You know, I, I don't I don't see the, the flaw. I thought Derek Williams, who was someone I was high on, had some mistakes and some some slip ups where he, I saw him. We saw him lose his starting job. And it's like I saw more mistakes with Derek Williams than I saw with Sega. And Sega was someone who the previous season, maybe that's what it was. The previous season, he saw mistakes like, who is this guy we brought in? We thought he was going to be solid and he's not it. This season, he was he was absolutely solid. So yeah, yep. I, w- I absolutely want to lock him down. Yeah. What do you What do you want to bet that Kevin Cabral isn't protected in the expansion draft? By the way, Are you just it's St. Louis. St. <laughs> like Louis. I said, who's gonna want him? Yeah. St. Louis, come get him. Um, yeah. yeah. That that type of thing. <laughs> by the way, this is funny, and this is and I love this because we've uh, if there's one thing that we have absolutely beaten to death on this show, uh, Pottermus says if Fanny knew about Kevin Cabral and how he plays and he sees everything that we see, then why did he keep playing? Because most of you watch Kevin Cabral with your eyes closed because you know he sucks and that's all you do. You don't see the other things that he does. I'm not saying it makes up for any of his salary, but I understand why you put him in games and why you play him in games. And I've explained that ad nauseum. Go back to almost any podcast I have done over the last year and I've explained exactly what he does and I'm correct in that assessment of what Kevin Cabral does. Now, does that mean that you want him starting on your team or even coming off the bench next year? No, not unless, I mean, and there's always this, how do you say this without like just getting just just shattered on here? Because I, I mean, I don't <laughs> mind if people don't like my, my opinions. There is going to be this ability, and and certainly I think I would almost fall into it. That is, maybe you give Kevin Cabral one more year, and I don't love that idea. I listen. I know I don't even like it whenever it comes out of my mouth. But but the again, the most frustrating player I've ever watched in my entire life because he gets in all the right positions and then can't finish. It makes you feel like the Chicharito twenty to twenty twenty to twenty twenty one. If you can get in the off season. Go see a, a witch doctor. Have the hex put <laughs> off of him. You know, you know, sacrifice the chicken. Do whatever we got to do. Get our our uh, our friend who's on uh, on Twitter to do all the right sacrifices. I can see that argument of okay, he comes back because the the pieces are there. I can't. But there are just that. so so many mistakes. I can't. If, it's yeah. <laughs> it's so hard. It's I just I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, there's that's not choice A. That's if you try shopping around, no one wants them. You leave them in the expansion expansion draft. You know, you take them to Disneyland, and then you you know leave the structure and hope he gets lost in there and doesn't find his way back. Yeah. You know, wh- whatever it is, <laughs> if that doesn't work, then you you know the, option you know Q, the, then you you give them another year. There is there is such a there. It's crazy how, why I would even think of that. Like. It, and it's weird that you would, but I, there's something about him that you're like, man, but just it's, like we're beating a dead horse. We say this all the time. No one else had had breakaways in these games. Every time, he, every time yeah, he, comes he comes on the field, on he gets breakaways yeah. every time. And every time he does not finish them. And yeah. every, I, and I want, I want to be a supporter of his. I think that's it. I like Kevin. Well, as, we as like waiting, a person. Yeah. We were waiting for it for the Nashville game, for the LAFC, <sighs> the, the it's, it's LA so galaxy weird. fan base would have absolutely lost their minds and blown their lids if if Kevin Cabral contributed in one of those playoff games because we were we were waiting for it. We're like this guy has been awful and then now 
you know, he's he's now is his moment. This is the one time you're going to play well. The one time you're going to put it in the back of the net. The, we would he would have been beloved as someone who was you know Portuguese and supported the Euro Cup uh, right. 2016 run. Right. Eder is a player who played for Portugal. Got very few minutes, but he scored the you know extra time. Euro Cup winning goal, and right. he will forever be a legend. Right. Is he Portugal's greatest player? Right. No. Did he have a great career with Portugal? No. But he is cemented in history for that one moment. And I was hoping for that moment for Kevin Cabral, where you know he maligned all season long, but that just that one moment that we could hang our hat on. Right. And and he just he never delivered it. Uh, by the way, what the says gave us a five dollar super chat says if you thought the Cabral Blues were bad before, imagine at the first home game if he's still here. I yeah, I mean I agree that to that part of it too. Um, it, it, yeah, it's just, it, again, I don't even believe that, but there is part of me at the back of my skull that is saying, but maybe if you, you know, and it, that's, that's ridiculous and, and nobody Stop wants, it. nobody needs you to need, do it. Yeah. Uh, you need the angel on your shoulder. Vanny says, I'm pleased where we are in terms of our core and how we've continued to build and move forward. Uh, the excitement of the off season is trying to find these little pieces where you can maybe improve. I like to have a lot of continuity, but there's always going to be some change from season to season. Um, Kevin Baxter went on to write, basically he said, although one player Vanny doesn't see joining the team for 2023 uh, is Luis Suarez, a two-time European scoring leader now. And Vanny basically said, uh, we're very happy with our forwards, so it's not a position of what I would call a need, he says. Now, people read forwards, and they lost their minds. I, again, let me let me translate. Forwards equal Javier Chicharito Hernandez, right? And Dayon Jovalich. Those are the forwards that Vanny is talking about in terms of being happy with, all right? Now, do I know that for sure? No. Am I, am I giving you my best translation? Because again, he knows what we all know and more. Um, and I'm not one of these people who's going to sit there and say coaches always get it right. He doesn't. And we pointed out Kevin Cabral where he absolutely got it wrong. Right. Um, but in this particular case, for me, he's talking about forwards with which is Jovalich and Chicharito. And, I, you know, however, that the guys who he is definitely looking at, I would imagine, are on the wings. The Douglas Costas, the Sam Grant Sears. Right. I mean, Sam had a better closeout to the season, but at times he was as bad or or sometimes even worse than Kevin Cabral. I, I'm with you, but what he had was those redeeming moments, he and did. that's where Grand Sir had the edge because, Grand Sir, I'm with you. There were shots that and dribbles out of bounds where I said, you guys are giving Kevin Cabral a hard time, and Grand Sir gets a pass because you know he looks like he's expending more effort, and maybe it's his, his body type and his build that just makes it look like he's you know trying harder. But he had some moments that just made you say, woof. Yeah. But he also had the moments where he put it in the back of the net and he made things happen yep. and he was a spark. Yep. And, he, and that's the difference. That, that's what you need. doesn't take much. He you know, over the out. course of the season, you can't say Samuel Granser was an MVP caliber player for this LA Galaxy team. But he had his moments. And that's all we ask. We just want, we just want our moments. And Cabral had zero moments. <laughs> it's really... Really unfortunate and sad. Yeah, uh, the Discord shared this, uh, and and it was a, it was a great stat. The LA Galaxy had 15 goal scorers this season. 15 M- among the leaders in all Major League Soccer in yeah, terms of the been, distribution yeah. across. You, you tell us that before the season, we'd be thrilled. Yeah, exactly. You're like, wow. Remember, everywhere, where are all the goals going to come from? Well, they came from 15 different players. Now, a lot of those are ones, right? I mean, Kevin yes. Cabral is on that list. He scored against Atlanta. I know people would like to protect, for, for, uh, forget that, that that happened, but it. Uh, that was it, a funny goal. Uh, that in the Open Cup goal. Right. Just, right. Yeah, uh, calamity of errors. The final thing Kevin had in here that is worth repeating is that Klein said no to a rebrand. No, no to a rebrand. Uh, we're proud of our club, proud of our brand. Klein said our Galaxy brand is as good as it's ever been, and you'll see the same one come February. So at least in 2023, 
There's no rebrand. I think, uh, well, to his credit, or, and I don't know if this is Klein's credit or whatever brain trust is in charge, I think the feelers went out for a rebrand, mm-hmm. and I think the majority of the feedback that they got is that a rebrand was not wanted from the fan base or, or needed. So right. I think had the fan base been clamoring, hey, we need a new crest, we need new colors, we need a, a, a rebrand, is, had there been like these rumblings, I don't think Klein is so proud of this LA Galaxy brand that he's built that he wouldn't have gone a different direction if he didn't see dollar signs and potential in in doing so. But I think he saw feedback that people would not be happy with it, and I think that's part of why they're staying put. And I I do agree with the statement that the Galaxy has built this brand in their current setup now, and I think changing it right now would be a mistake. Yeah, it, it certainly seems to uh, to be going that way. Um, all the Reds uh, on our roster, we have highlighted, I think, this before, but the guys who technically have contracts are up. We know that Javier Hernandez is coming back, but his contract is up. Uh, Derek Williams' contract is up. Jonathan Bond' contract is up. There are options on all of these guys. Uh, Victor Vasquez' contract is up. Uh, Caceres' contract is up. Uh, I can tell you, Clushin, Sanchez, Zavaleta, Aguirre, and Judd, uh, at least from what we can tell, all their contracts are up. Doesn't mean the club doesn't have an option and they can exercise that option. Let me... To help you out, though, I think Jonathan Bond is 100% coming back, and I think that that's probably already a done deal. Um, remember that you don't necessarily have to exercise an option. You can sign a new contract whenever this comes about, too, right? So as you're that's, like, you're like, oh well, our option was for three million dollars, but we only want to pay you nine hundred thousand dollars. So you know, we, we're not going to we, exercise that option. We say that every year, but very rarely does a player come. Usually, when it's not exercised, they usually walk away. Very few exceptions. I know of one already. Yeah, I, I'm sure you do. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so anyway, so so I mean, those are things that can sort of happen too. So just keep those in mind. You know, like Sasha Kleshin probably, uh, I, I'm guessing, isn't going to have you know a real good uh, like uh, negotiation going on. He made like yeah. league minimum for a senior player. I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's anything yeah. else to go. If he comes uh, back, would you like to? Pay, yeah, would you like to pay us to play for the LA Galaxy? Yeah, I think that's that's the the next move. Yeah, so but sorry. <laughs> no, 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 you talk <laughs> you talk for a second. Is that what that signal means? It's been a little while. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, but going back to Jonathan Bond coming back, we were just kind of saying, did he deserve to win defender of the year? Um and so maybe we would have been okay with looking for another goalkeeper, but I think that's unfair. I think, you know, from what he's brought to this team and been a solid part of the defense, I think he, you know, offering him an extension or offering him a new, a new negotiate a contract, whatever it is, I think that's worth bringing him back. That way you keep that consistency, especially in the defensive line, which has been a galaxy struggle of past seasons. When you bring back that goalkeeper, who's that voice in the back and helps set, set up your defense and is a huge part of it, changing that could, could cause a lot of a lot of turmoil. So I think keeping that and as well as bringing Koulibaly back, uh, Caceres, depending on how that plays out, right. I think that that's a nice little spine to build up from the back. But, but you notice he didn't mention Derek Williams in that, right? So, I mean, it, maybe that read ship is sailed. Yeah, 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 read between the lines on that one, right? I mean, there's some other ones. Obviously, you're not going to ask about every player, and usually you have to ask directly about players in order to get answers on those. So that's usually how it works whenever I do it. Um, one of the so that's sort of where we sit on on this this league building. Um, and apparently all those uh, that information has to be in by uh, the 14th of November. So, again, uh, MLS Cup is going to come this weekend and then you're going to start seeing things happen over the next week and and decisions and roster decisions. Everything sort of started going to that. And then there's a free agency period that opens up. There's like a one day trade window. There's all this other stuff that is sort of going to go go on that we'll uh, talk about whenever it comes up. 
one of the things, there's a couple things. Let's quickly close on some of these things. And then I want to talk a little bit about state of the league before we close everything completely down. Um, there is going to be, if you're, uh, if you're around and sort of not doing anything, there is going to be a, a game USA versus Colombia. Uh, that is January 28th, uh, at Dignity Health Sports Park, uh, 4.30 PM Pacific time. Camp Cupcake is back. Uh, this will be after the World Cup. Uh, so you'll have Camp Cupcake, Cupcake uh, back there and, and rocking and rolling. Uh, which, if you haven't been to those, I mean, that's like the least pressure, you know, and the and the worst international game. It's bad. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so sorry. bad. I know. I don't know if the Galaxy PR department is, is listening to this episode and having me. It's going to these games can be borderline depressing. So unless you're like a super USA fan, or if you're Serbian, which that was the funny thing to me, yeah, is the almost. Galaxy with a Serbian player, yeah, are playing. Or have that game was at Bank of California, right. and LAFC with all their Colombian players. Yeah. They're playing a dignity out sports. They, they couldn't. Have, so. They couldn't. Yeah, have yeah they couldn't have swap that. You no. know, to try to get your local fan base. But you know, hey, it's a chance to see your national team. Uh, but I think mostly if you're from the visiting countries, that's more. Uh, that's probably more of a draw for those yeah. fans of those teams or people from those cultures. To your point, or Don Garber's point of every city being a soccer city. Again, uh, you're going to find. Plenty of Serbians, plenty of Colombians in Southern California to yeah. attend those games. So attendance, I don't think, will be the issue. Uh, one of the other things that happened, Raheem Edwards was called into the uh, Canadian camp. Now they have a pre-camp that is going to happen uh, before they head off to the World Cup. This is in, uh, they're playing against Bahrain, uh, and they have a, uh, a camp I think in uh, in Qatar and in the UAE, and they're going to be playing some some little things. So Raheem Edwards is off. That I'm sure there's some LA, other LA Galaxy. Caceres is off with with Uruguay. We know that, and there's a, there's a chance that. Uh, you know, he's going to play in, in, a, in a World Cup. So you have some of these guys who are going to get a chance to possibly play in a World Cup. Uh, Don Garber said today that possibly as many as 40 MLS players will be playing in the World Cup. So there'll be plenty of MLS action across the entire World Cup as you're getting ready to go. Uh, just in case you forget all the groups that are going on, uh, the U.S. in Group B, you have uh, Canada in Group F with Belgium and Morocco and Croatia, the Galaxy, or the, the Galaxy USA with uh, England, <laughs> Iran, and, and Wales. Yeah, it was. I was trying to. I, it used to be where I would watch U.S. games to watch the L.A. Galaxy players, but there are none. Um, yeah. And so I, I don't get to do that as much, so I don't get to do uh, oh. anything. Uh, and I was going to say, and hopefully you won't be rooting for the, the Galaxy players who are at the World Cup because they're in Portugal's group. Yeah. And I can't have you rooting for Uruguay against Portugal. That's not fair. I, I, so. I, I will. I will. I will absolutely do that. <laughs> and, and then I'll tweet it about it uh, at you. Uh, some of the stuff real quick that happened in the state of the league and Don Garber was in front of everybody because it usually happens right before MLS Cup. Um, I listened to uh, the replay of it. So I have some some understanding of some of what he said. Uh, but I'm going to use uh, Jonathan Tannenwald at the goalkeeper. If you don't follow him, I'm going to use his Twitter tweets as sort of my cliff notes here so that way I can quickly get through a bunch of the topics. One is plan for expansion news in the first half of 2023. There is a pretty good idea that the next team announced is Las Vegas. That does not mean it's locked in and San Diego could also be in those talks. San Diego or Las Vegas are likely to be the 30th team. One of those and, is. And I believe the same ownership group is involved in one of those bids. So I don't think um, from what I was hearing is that Vegas and San Diego both are not a possibility. It's one or the other because right now, whichever group right now, looks there like is, it might be both. Yeah, it, it's going right now. They're going to announce one, but the chance for yeah. 31 and 32 San Diego, if it's San Diego's not announced because we sort of expect that it's going to be yeah. Las Vegas. If San Diego is not announced, um, then expect San Diego to be 31 or 32 because that seems likely to happen now as well. And with Snapdragon Stadium, that is a perfect stadium and, for for an MLS team to play in. Yeah, w with 
what the Loyal's been doing, what, what the Wave has been doing. Yep. They've kind of built the infrastructure there to have a case. I've seen it pop up in the chat as well as Sacramento. They really got a raw end of the stick. Still, and when you think, yeah. when you talk about St. Louis and like your small to mid-market teams, Sacramento would have gotten behind a team. Yeah. You see like the, the Kings, basketball Kings are such an awful franchise franchise right but they show up for them and they go hard for the kings and so like have they had a soccer team there's no doubt in my mind that they would sacramento would have been a great spot for another uh mls team a california team a rivalry right. team i can build up a rivalry there with san jose it would have been great but i, I just think that ship has sailed they lost lost they, so much momentum there it, it sailed to a certain point here's the thing is if they get an ownership group that can come in there and they have the money i think sacramento could easily be back in the in the mix right away and you say another california yes another california team sacramento absolutely can support um, professional soccer team, I think at MLS level, San Diego absolutely can support an MLS levels team as well. You're going to get to eventually where there's like a California cup being played and I'm all for it. I'm, I'm here for that. And I, and I'm, I'm excited, well, excited when, for that. When, to you happen. Get, when you get 50 teams, you know, you'll have the California conference yeah. who will play four games against one another. And yeah. It, we'll yeah. do the, the world cup playoff after that. Um, the, the other thing is that they were talking about linear TV because there are still linear TV deals. Don Garber says there was no hurry to sign a linear TV deal um, because really the Apple TV deals the, is the big one that they need to get. Linear comes next. So that's linear, by the way, is your nationally televised games on ESPN or Fox or any of the other major networks. There's still going to be some of those. Just remember, they don't get exclusive rights to those anymore. They will be broadcast on Apple TV and available to go over uh, nationally. Um, and so that's, that's makes them not as valuable because you're going to have people who aren't going to watch it and they know that. So they can't put as many eyes. They can't sell as many advertising dollars, all that stuff, because they know their audience is going to be split between Apple TV and whoever the national team is. So that's why there's that. There's also, by the way, hasn't been a ton of hiring done. We know that their production facility is supposed to be in New Jersey. That's not going to be built this year. Um, and so they're going to have to build that. So much like the U.S. Open Cup fiasco that was basically being <laughs> being shot down yeah. in Florida, that's where all that stuff is going to go for for the short term. And Garber says, you know, oh, we still have you know 114 days. He didn't. He said we still have three months to, to figure this out. And he's like, so we're not in any real hurry. But the bottom line is that there should be some hurry. Um, Garber's stalling on this, and it, it's, everything I've seen so far has sort of showed me that the people who are in charge of this don't understand the urgency to which to get that's all this stuff done. And that's the part that scares me is, is this going to be an MLS production or an Apple production? Because it's an MLS if, production if and Apple distributes it. That's how that's, that's what scares work. me yeah. because if MLS is in charge of putting things, things together, putting teams together, I don't trust that we're going to get, uh, you know, the best, the best possible product out there. If it was someone from, you know, Apple who happened to be a soccer fan and had that, you know, the right kind of, you know, marketing brain to some of the shows that they put out there, we've seen what Apple TV even though it's not, you know, a heavy competitor within the streaming wars, but you could, it's a well-polished product. And right. so that's the part that makes me nervous is the stuff that comes out of MLS sometimes. Gar yeah. Garber builds up the Apple deal as the number one content distribution company in the world is Apple. And, and I think that they're probably correct on that, right? In terms of content, getting content out. If you look at all of the, the streaming platforms, all of the, um, all of music, the, the music, all yeah. the stuff that they have, they get content out probably more, better than anybody else in the world. Agreed with that. So I don't think that's going to be the issue. The issue is going to be production quality and everything else. I, I, you know, I know Baxter said it, and then a lot of people push back on it. Listen, there's going to be a lot of games that are called remotely, and I don't think you're going to love the announcers, and they're going to say the, t the players' names wrong and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. So get ready for that. The only thing that I love about this whole idea is that I always know where to find the game, and I that's never have to worry about 
ever looking for it anywhere else. That trumps all ab- above everything else, not having to get a VPN, not having to worry about Spectrum, the, above anything else. You know, like one of the benefits of having ESPN Plus was, you know, you knew the MLS games were going to be on there, but even those games were blacked out, you know, over the course yep. uh, of the past few years. So knowing there's not going to be anything blacked out for the next 10 years, you are going to know, you're going to have access to watch these games if you want to watch them, those games. That's that's the biggest deal of them all. That, that's going to be better than announcers and anything anything else because eventually, at the end of the day, you just want to see your team play, and that's that's what we're going to be able to do with the Apple TV deal. Garber was also asked about uh, the playoff format and whether or not it would be scheduled again. He did make a I thought was a good point, which was every league in North America, especially here in the United States, tweaks their playoff format like on a regular basis. Look at baseball and the wild cards and different wild cards and you know basketball. Oh, these guys, it's the play-in game and all these Thank other you, things. Yeah. Everybody's always tweaking these playoff things in order to get what is the most exciting part of the year, you know, to be the most exciting part of the year and to give as many teams sort of as possible. Apple's going to want that for, for content distribution and for getting value out of it. Right. And quite honestly, teams want it as well, because that's where you get your revenue. If you're in the playoffs, extra you get games, yeah, yeah. extra games and extra revenue and all those other things. So there's always going to be this, this demand. Now for me, I want to go back to two legs and I don't think that's ever going to happen. Um, I like MLS cup being one game, by the way, I know there's people yeah, who say the final, sh- yeah, a, fi- a final, if you're going to make it two legs, the final should be neutral ground. I no, think because is, you're I, giving over the, over the course, you're letting it build up, but it's never going to happen. That, that neutral no, ground thing fair. is gone. Right. Yeah. But in terms of having one game at the end, I'm usually okay with it because at that point, the best teams during that time have usually risen through the gauntlet of home and away, home and away, home and away in order to get but, there. But my, my argument would be, you know, LAFC is going to host uh, a game this weekend that they won on a tiebreaker. Right. Phil- Philadelphia is no less deserving. Right. I want to see these two teams play a neutral field. Who's going to be the best team? That's going to settle. That, to me, would settle better than a referee being swayed by the home field advantage uh, of what's going to be happening going on. But I will say MLS Cup is kind of a different animal. Right. And you don't necessarily get your regular home crowd at that game. No, you don't. So I am curious to see how, how that home crowd is going to look. Uh, compared to previous games the other stuff so so that's something that you can sort of say yes um uh, by the way don garber would like Lionel messi uh in in the league fyi um yeah i was gonna yeah i (laughs) know he didn't didn't say you didn't shoo him away here here was the bad part of this and understand where this comes from and i'm not trying to make excuses but um don garber is in charge of the league and is put in that position by the owners Right. He works for the owners of the league. Don Garber is an employee of the owners. That's how this works. Um, So uh, whenever he was asked about Merritt Paulson um, and the Timbers uh, and what the Yates report had sort of put out, um, you know, he basically said, we at this time don't see any reason at all for Merritt Paulson to sell the Timbers. And basically they said, oh, well, you know, he's he's agreed that he made all these mistakes and he stepped away and he has a new CEO and he's not all the thing that's going to come back to be a problem. But as of right now, you have to assume that the will of the owners and apparently they need 75 percent um, uh, of the owners in order to force a sale of a team. The will of the owners isn't there. So it, you can be mad at Don Garber for what he said, but he is a reflection of the will of the owners in this particular case. And I would imagine the owners are like, no, we want to keep Merritt Paulson where he's at for right now. He hasn't mm. gone over, which is it's certainly not in line with public opinion on the entire fiasco that's going on up in uh, the Pacific Northwest and, and everything that came out of that. Uh, so anyway, so that's sort of uh, something I think that's the biggest 
sort of takeaways that I got from it. First of all, I think the the expansion thing on San Diego and Las Vegas is, is encouraging for that. St. Louis coming in with 60,000 uh, season tickets, so that type of thing. Uh, by the way, Francisco gave us a $5 super chat, said, what are the updates on G2 taking the Orange County Stadium exclusively? It's not going to happen this year. Uh, it might not happen next year. What basically happened was everybody kicked the can down the, the road for a year. Now, the city was absolutely negotiating with the LA Galaxy because the LA Galaxy deal is a better deal for the city in, in a lot of ways. Um, and so, you know, now there's going to be probably, I would imagine, open talks between the LA Galaxy and Orange County, uh, Orange County uh, Soccer Club right about joint using that as a professional and how that fits into things. Now, Orange County seems to be going scorched earth on uh, on the LA Galaxy every chance that they get. So I'm not sure the LA Galaxy are going to want to play real fair. And Orange County should understand that the big dollars and and the big money behind all that is with the LA Galaxy and not Orange County. So if they want to have a home, it might be good for them to start playing ball with the LA Galaxy, because I would imagine Given the the year um, and given the relationships that I think the LA Galaxy have made down there in Irvine, uh, I would imagine that it fairly easily they could take that stadium away from Orange County SC. And just a reminder, Orange County rents there um, and the Galaxy would be renting there. But so it's not like stealing somebody's stadium. They would just simply not be the tenants there anymore or provide them a better deal. That's what the the budget sheet. It feels gross. It does to go in there and but, say, you know. You know, it's a better business move, but basically you're coming in with, you know, a big, a bigger sack of cash and saying that I'm going to be able, uh, you know, to outbid you as opposed to, you know, the supporting local soccer movement of kind of, you know, what uh, Orange County Soccer Club is kind of about. But it just what you described just sounds like great uh, local politics. Hey, there's people who are upset. And if we're going to make a vote on this, you know what? We're not going to vote on this then. That way you can't vote me out next next yeah. time those local elections come in town. You, you're not going to have this chip to argue against me so Let, let's be very local politics in a nutshell that's exactly what happened here they saw upset people and they said i'm not going to upset my constituents moving on <laughs> yeah we'll just we'll just keep it as it is right yeah. but the other part of this is i can guarantee you in irvine that voter base has no idea that orange county sc plays at that stadium in the large scheme of the voter base even if you but, got all the people really upset about that i'm not sure it's enough to sway any election i think the but the local people know that I will say, as someone who's been around uh, a lot of school boards, it doesn't mean that the consensus is that is what's there. But if you have the loud people at those meetings showing up, right, that will scare off the people who are who are making those decisions. Wouldn't surprise me. Uh, by the way, two dollars super chat from uh, Brendel uh, says, "Bring back Pavone." You know, if if he can clear, I'll, I'll be, let's let's throw it all on the table here real quick before we close everything out. If he can clear up his legal issues, he'll hundred percent. He could come back hundred percent right now. You could do it right now. Bring him. I, I yeah, that'd I, be a, a great, a great, a great signing. I'm and, right there with you. And if you it, have, it's, yeah, if you I have Pavone on more, one side, Costa on one side, I mean, that's not a horrible lineup with Chicharito well, in the top position. Well, just P- Pavone with with a, a you know a traffic cone is or it makes makes yeah. you better. Pavone would be a game changer. And and the one thing I'll say, and, and it's not changing our tone on this, is just the the more time gets removed for this, I think the better it is for Pavone, just because it seems like. You know, time time just seems to be one of those things that, you know, wins out. And so it just seems like if if, and maybe that's the Argentine court system, and maybe I don't know what I'm talking about here, but it just seems like it's less of an issue now than maybe it was a couple of years ago. And that's right. not to say it's not serious, but it's just to say that, you know, 
people with memories and other things happen. It's like I, the further we get away from this, the less of an issue it becomes. If it gets cleared up, that, I mean, that's yeah. we've always that's said that easiest, that's, that's, that's the easiest solution. Yes. If it gets cleared up to everybody's satisfaction, then he comes back and we're done. And that's it. And we're done. That's it. <laughs> it's in Cabral. Yeah, yeah. Or buy out Costa and you bring in Pavone. Yeah. Thank you. Give Cabral that extra year because he needs to see Pavone do that work. <sighs> Wow, you're going to get us canceled. Oh, uh, what they gave us. Yeah, that, that's what's going to do it. Not yeah. my comments about Pavone right now. No, no, no. It's bringing, it, it's bringing to bring Cabral Cabral back. back. That, that will do it. Um, the booze <laughs> are already starting. Oh, uh, what they gave us a $5 super chat a little while ago. Josh and Hammer, you guys need to, should do a weekly show during the World Cup. Probably not. Uh, we are. I mean, listen, there is plans and we have over the course of the off seasons of your Remember, we're entering season number 15 for Corner of the Galaxy here. Um, which I'm hoping will be a big season where, I mean, I still have show 1000 coming up. All these other things are sort of, you know, sort of kicking off into season 15. We usually do weekly shows in the off season. Now, uh, sometimes are there breaks? Everyone's yeah, they said breaks every once in a while. Do we do two shows? Usually not two shows starting off, but eventually it always morphs back into two shows well before the season starts. And once those transfer rumors start coming in and then there's, there's look at us right now. There hasn't been a game in 14 days, 90 minutes. And we had 90 minutes of stuff to talk about with happenings around the league and how they connect to the LA galaxy and how they're interwoven. So plenty to talk about, uh, for the next, uh, three months, four months, 114 days. Yes. However you want to cut it up. Yes. Not, not saying I'm counting, but just saying I'm counting. <laughs> um, that's where we sit. Uh, LA galaxy, uh, entering the off season mode. You're going to see stuff after MLS cup. Things will start to ratchet up a little bit. There will be a little break. There'll be a lull. Everybody will take a deep breath like me. Uh, I've been enjoying my 10 days off. Uh, there will be no show on Monday. Uh, next show likely to be Thursday again. So a week in seven days, we will be back here ready to talk more LA galaxy and get you going. But other than that, I think that's it. Well, Oh, uh, E-Super asks for our Philly versus LAFC predictions. I'm going to go first. Um, Philadelphia will win this 300 to nothing. Is that, is that, is that too many? Have you seen seen how many goals they score? Have you seen whenever they get rolling? They get hot. These are guys who scored like 16 goals in three (laughs) games. All right. So they're, they're ready to go. That's the funny thing with that NYC game. It's Mm -hmm. like Philly played the most beautiful soccer for 15 minutes and that was enough to, to win them the game. So, um, the one thing that I w- will say, going back to our MLS bracket predictions, I absolutely crushed the Eastern Conference. I predicted every game correctly with Philadelphia going into the final. Uh, the Western Conference, not so much. I had the LA Galaxy going to the final. I had FC Dallas beating Austin. But with that being said, had the Galaxy won their game, I, I feel like they could have put away Austin, and my prediction wouldn't have been that crazy. Uh, so, so that's the one thing. But I'm going to stick with my prediction that I originally had which I had Philadelphia beating the LA Galaxy three to one. You're sticking with. Philly. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna flop the LA right. teams. I'm gonna say Philadelphia still wins. Which you can, by the way, because LA. In my opinion, the only team that was gonna knock LAFC out of the Western Conference was the LA Galaxy. Yeah. Because quite honestly, it's the only team that was as good or better than and, than LAFC in spurts. In in the MLS field, what was it? Six, no, fourteen teams that were in the MLS Cup playoffs. Right. The LA Galaxy were the only team that were going to be able to beat LAFC, and the Philadelphia Union are the only other team yep. from the I other agree. conference that could take them. So it's, it's only let's chance. see. You're our last hope here. All right. Um, by the way, what they wanted to clarify say, and said, Josh, we should you should do it of the World Cup. We should do a World Cup weekly show, except that that would not be on theme with Corner of the Galaxy, and I'm not about to start a new podcast. Offshoot. I don't Offshoot do that. The- I'm sure. I'm sure we're going to be talking about the World Cup whenever this happens. It's yeah. it is soccer Christmas. All right. We are going to be just enthralled with games coming all over and the fire festival that is going to be cutter. And oh, you, you said that so it's, it's going to be so bad. Yeah. 
So yeah, horrible. Yeah. I mean, Fox is over there just swallowing any <laughs> doubt or shred of evidence of being like impartial or anything else. And they're just like, look at the wonderful city of Qatar. And it's like, yeah, people are dying. Like bad things yeah. are happening there. And this is FIFA's yeah. hopping on that now and saying like, hey, guys, just uh, stick to playing football. OK, just don't talk about the yeah. other cultures like that. Yeah. It's like, listen, normally I agree. Like you shouldn't go to Germany and be like the American culture is better than Germany. You can certainly have an opinion, though, whenever people are dying and people's civil rights are being eroded before your very eyes. That's does that's that's not a cultural thing. That is basis on a human being. I know lots of people will disagree with me, but that's based but on a human being sort of. Uh, the it, difference it, is also you're hosting. Yeah, you're welcoming people to your country, and so I understand the argument of being respectful of other cultures. But we were talking about this, getting off to another tangent here, but. Um, if I'm a supporter of Australia or of England, maybe I didn't want to travel to Qatar, but that's where the World Cup is being played, and that's where I'm kind of forced to go. So I'm end up going there, and so it's a difference than the going there out of you know respect, as opposed to you're hosting an event, you're welcoming other people. So understanding, being respectful, of course, but at, of your hosts, but at the same time trying to be welcoming. In this is going to be one of the weirdest World like, Cups because FIFA has always been corrupt. Like, we're not going to clutch our pearls like oh all oh, yeah. of a sudden yeah this year is the year that fifa's corrupt they've yeah. always been corrupt but it's just it's so blatant and so obvious and so bad just the fact that it's happening in november uh-huh. is, is is an issue already so it's just it's going to be one of the hardest ones to watch right but to the point you know, i'm not 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 going to watch so you know maybe uh, maybe i'm You're a, a hypocrite. bad person You're a yeah hypocrite. maybe i'm a hypocrite i'm, I'm a, a hypocrite person. too i'm gonna so watch. It's just one of those things but i think the deal with the devil that i'm making is i'm gonna watch but i'm also gonna you, you call it like you see it. You're fair and you say, hey, this it's not right. I'm going to watch the games. My country's in it. I have multiple you know, heritages that I'm rooting for who are competing uh, in this competition. So I'm going to watch it and I'm going to root for them. But at the same time, I could recognize uh, you know, the issues that it's going to be. And especially when you hear about you know, them paying fans to go and speak well about the World Cup experience. Mm-hmm. And you see some of the camps that they're putting up because mm-hmm. they don't have enough hotels. It's you know, apps that you need to download, they're going to have access to all your phones. So even if it's, things don't go well, it's going to how much of that information is going to come out. It's, 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 it sounds like a real bad time. So prayers to Kevin Baxter. Hope he has a good time over there. You know, I'm, I can't wait to talk to him and I'm sure I'll be Get able a to text phone, him. Kevin. And, yeah. And the whole day it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm almost like, dude, don't, don't, we're not going to do a podcast while you're there because I don't want you saying things there. Like I want you to come here and then we can talk. Uh, Patrick, by the way, gave us a ten dollars super chat. Says COG wins podcast of the Galaxy Award. That's good. I'm glad we won a little. Good job. Our first, our first hardware of the season. Thank you. Thank. I'm gonna do. Whoa. (laughs) Third place in the voting. So it was a. That's right. That's right. We just we just skated right through uh, all the way through. uh, That it is. All right. That'll do it. We're going to let everybody go. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, if you want to watch MLS Cup, do that. If you want to spend the time zend out in your yoga retreat, do that as well. I'm all for whatever makes you happy in these particular off season. It seems like it ended too quickly. That's where I'm, I'm sort of at. Um, and so I don't necessarily like it. Um, so in this particular case, I'm going to I'm going to just pretend like the season's still going on. So we'll have another show coming up next Thursday. Uh, whenever we rock and roll that. All right, Eric, anything else? You good? Yeah, I'm just going to say the the mustache. I did it for Halloween. I was Jim Hopper, Stranger Things, uh, with my daughter. That was the reason for it. And then I'm keeping it. My wife was like, well, why are you keeping it? Uh, the reason why I'm keeping it, Movember is also a thing. Right. Uh, you know, that's a case. I, I am going to have a link on my Instagram page at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P-R-O-F-O-U-L. 
I don't need money. You guys give money with the super chat. You, you know, you're doing all that. So if you're in a situation, hold on to your money. I'm not doing this as a fundraiser, but if you're in a fortunate enough situation where you do want to donate to a cause, prostate cancer is something uh, that's near and dear to my heart as a dad who's a survivor of prostate cancer. So at the very least, you don't have to donate any money. Uh, if you're around our age, if you grew up playing Nintendo, if you've been old enough to buy beer for a couple decades now, go to the doctor, get it checked out, make sure everything, uh, all the plumbing's in order. You know, at the very least, just make sure you're all good because yeah. uh, you never know. Don't take those things for granted. So I'll have the link if you're looking for a cause uh, to donate for Movember and prostate cancer and men's health. But uh, don't feel like you're obligated. I'm, I'm, I'm not, we don't need your money, but I just want to throw that out there. Shout out to, you know, all the prostate cancer survivors and men's health and uh, wishing the best for all of our listeners who've, who've dealt with something like that. Awesome. Tell people where they can find you. Let's go. All right. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Hammer EV. You can also find me on Instagram at Galaxy Profile. That's Galaxy P-R-O-F-O-U-L. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at Jay Gessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N. And of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornergalaxy.com. That's where you can find all of these podcasts, all of our videos, all that stump fun stuff is right there, cornerofthegalaxy.com. We're happy to be here for your off-season viewing and listening pleasure. We hope you join us next week on Thursday, live show at 8 p.m. most 8 p.m. Most Thursdays, 8 p.m. Most Mondays, 8 p.m. We'll get back into a normal schedule here in just a little bit. All right. For the hammer himself, Mr. Eric Fierro, I'm Josh Pato Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to our little Corner of the Galaxy. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo, and on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.